Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, anything that gets you from here to there. I'm the traffic anchor and the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. And if you would like to be a part of the show, you sure can. I've had some calls on the listener hotline, 303-832-0217. One guy wanted to make sure that we all pull over for emergency vehicles, whether it's a fire truck or an ambulance or a police car. He sees way too much of it. And he's not happy about it. Uh, he wasn't the most intelligible uh, person. You couldn't really hear him very well. So that's why I'm not playing it for you right now. But I'm just uh, conveying then his message his message for you. Uh, but all my contact information is in the description of the show. Uh, you know, we've all heard it, right? To have stuff in our car in case of a problem, a breakdown, or some other kind of emergency. Well, this applies to going on a road trip. Or maybe even for the college kids that are already headed back to uh, school or already back at school, right? What are some of the things that would help you out if you do have car trouble? And what what would be good to have in your car? You know, basically a a road trip survival kit, if you will. And and how much of that stuff is really necessary? And, And what if you have an electric car? How does it all apply to that? Well, joining me now to talk about all of this is Chad Ogle, Phoenix-based Universal Technical Institute's National Marketing Manager's Director, basically the National Supervisor for Event Marketing and Admissions Support Team. Chad, thanks for joining me here on the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. Well, hey, I appreciate you having us today. We're excited to talk about this stuff because it is incredibly important that everybody be prepared as they get out there on the roadways. Yeah, and and we'll talk more about that stuff in just a second. We'll go uh, over it one by one. But I want to know first more about uh, Chad. Have you always been interested in the trades uh, or did you learn about it from your time with uh, UTI? So I've always been interested in the trades from when I was a kid and uh, getting the opportunity to just fall in love with cars and fall in love with everything about them. And so this has always been a definitely a passion of mine. I have grown in that passion as I started working here with Universal Technical Institute almost 14 years ago. And so now I am a staunch believer that not everybody is that four-year university student. Sometimes what we train in and those skilled trades and transportation, energy, and different skilled uh, manufacturing trades is huge to be able to go out there, keep the country running, but have a career that you absolutely enjoy. And you went to a traditional college, uh, Ottawa University. You also went to University of Arizona. So so knowing both worlds, uh, the traditional school as well as the trade school, uh, looking back, would you still go to a traditional school or would you go to a trade school? You know, for what I was looking to do, getting into something like what I get to do now, the four-year university route, getting my master's, that was a perfect path for me. But not everybody is me. Everybody has their different paths, their different career choices that they're going to make. And so it's important that everybody tailor their uh, path to what it is that they enjoy and where they want to go in life. Because you really can't get marketing degrees there when you're working with uh, cars and all the other stuff that you're working True. with. True. We yeah. do not give out marketing degrees here at UTI. So yeah, for like I said, for me, my path was a perfect fit for me, but everybody is absolutely different. What are some of those trades that people can learn there at UTI? Yeah, so we actually have a ton of different opportunities for our students. Obviously, I'm in one of our automotive labs. We have automotive diesel. Here in Phoenix, we also have our motorcycle and power sports. AMP, so airframe and power plant for aviation-minded uh, students. Uh, we've got a marine program, NASCAR program, collision repair. We also have welding, robotics, HVACR. We have even started getting into some of the other 
skilled trades and in energy sectors, things like wind and renewable energy. So we have a ton of opportunities for students that are more that hands-on career-driven individual. Hopefully you guys are not uh, working on submarines that go down the t- to the Titanic. Not yet, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you'll build them better than the last guy. Um, all right. So <laughs> speaking of Chad Ogle, he's Universal Technical Institute's National Marketing Manager's Director. Uh, we're talking about uh, road trip survival kits. So you guys sent us a, a, a list of all the different things that uh, should be maybe in one of these kits, right? Uh, and, and that's why I, I originally brought you on. So let's go through these things one by one. Uh, the first one was a tire pressure gauge. Uh, really, I, I would think it's almost more important instead of having one of those gauges is just have some quarters in your car because you'll never have that gauge or, or most people don't maybe know how to do it right. And, and you can get it, uh, you have the quarters to fill up the air there at the, at the gas station. Well, yeah, you definitely need those quarters in your car, but you know, there are a couple different types of tire pressure gauges, whether you get a dial indicator or one that we're probably a little bit more familiar with where you just pop it on that valve stem and it'll read out your tire pressure for you. The reason these are so important is because looking at a tire just from a standpoint of doing a walk around before you actually get in the car and head out, that tire might look properly inflated, but even being off by a few pounds could cause some potential issues as you start to cruise down the road. So yes, it is important to have those quarters so that you can pop by the gas station before you officially take off, but having the gauges where you can actually go through and get the the tire pressure before you leave, also hugely important. But most cars now, even my 2014 Chevy has a, has these automatic sensors on them where, where it already is telling me in my car, what my pressure gauge is or my pressure is. Sure. And a lot of cars do have that, but yet as you're airing up, you also want to make sure that you have proper readings on that tire. You don't want to overinflate it or leave it slightly underinflated. So that again is where these pressure gauges can come in really handy, especially when you're filling up that air. Is it really a threat? Or, or a danger for somebody who's filling up their tires, and, and and typically a lot of people don't do it that often. But but is there the chance that they could do it too much, overinflate, and have the thing explode? Well, that that would take a lot. Yeah. You would you would really have to go over the top in order to have that happen. You know what I always tell people is the manufacturers of these tires they they have specific readings and specific ratings for those tires that they should be properly inflated to, and they're the experts on it, right? If you want to learn how to work on vehicles, well, we're the experts. We can help you out, but they make those tires. They are the ones that are telling you what to do. So if you keep them at that proper pressure, you'll be spot on. Overinflating does nothing to help you out. Keeping them at the right pressure is where, really where you want to be. Uh, number two on the list was a spare tire, a jack, and a lug wrench. And, and, but some cars like mine, again, because I have a, a Chevy Volt, uh, it, we don't. I don't even have a spare tire. They they say it was going to weight down the car too much, right? I, I have one of those combo fix a flat slash uh, air, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, air compressors, if you will, right? To fi- but 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 once I use the fix a flat part, now it's kaput. I can't use it anymore, right? So no, what, what should I do? Absolutely. So again, this kind of goes back to the vehicle that you have, right? A lot of more modern cars are coming with that fix a flat system in them. Um, but whether you do a spare tire or you do that fix a flat, it is a temporary fix. It is designed, both are designed to get you to that closest tire shop so that you can get that tire replaced. It is not a permanent fix. It is just simply a temporary, let's get you down the road a little ways so that you can get that tire replaced. 
Uh, number three on the list is a paper map or road atlas. Uh, I, I don't know anybody who still uses the old road atlas, the Rand McNally's, if you will, of the world. I, I don't know anybody who does that. It's not something that we often think about, but we have all been in that situation where you're driving and you're on this long road trip and you get to that spot where you have zero service. There is no service on your cell phone. And if you don't have GPS in your car, guess what? Now you need something. If you get turned around, you get lost, you get on the wrong road or things like that. It's always good to have it just as a backup, just as a spare so that you can go through and figure out where you are and where that next stop might be. Am I going to be using Google Maps to do that or do do I need to uh, go out and and find maybe a a road atlas uh, if they still even make them on Amazon? Yeah, Amazon's a great place for them. You can go on there. You can get it for a specific state or if you're looking to go cross country or into some different states, it'd be good to have those as well. Some of your local shops, especially any outdoor outfitters will have those maps for you as well. So absolutely, there's different places you can go to get that. But always having one in your vehicle is a good precaution to take. My guest is Chad Ogle. He's the Universal Technical Institute's National Marketing Manager's Director, and we're talking about the uh, road trip survival kits. Uh, so, all right, so next on the list, uh, number four, owner's manual. Uh, the cars now being being uh, so electronic, th- there has to be, I-, I would think, not a whole lot of information in there that's going to help you know how to diagnose some kind of issue with your car, uh, maybe just where to put the jack uh, under the car if you need to put put the tire up or, or put the car up to get the change the tire. Well, there's a lot more to that. Absolutely knowing where everything is on the vehicle is important. And that's definitely something that that owner's manual can help you out with. It can also help you out with things like where is your battery under the hood? A lot of today's modern vehicles, they try to make them look super sleek and nice under that hood. And so they'll have them covered up. And if you don't know where to go to access that battery, if you need a jump or something like that, not knowing where that battery is would be a problem for you. So having the owner's manual, knowing where it's at so that you can flip into the index and look up specific things, that's a good thing to have as well. Uh, but, but looking at a guy like you, you're going to look at an engine, you're going to look at it and go, oh, all right, maybe I can fix this. If I'm looking at my daughter... Uh, there's no way she's going to look at it and go, uh, daddy, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's okay because sometimes having people come by and, and being willing to assist you, that's, that's a big thing. And we hope that a lot of people will help out those that are in need, especially during times where it's incredibly hot or incredibly cold. People are stranded on the side of the road. is not a good thing. They may not know your vehicle either. So again, that owner's manual can really help them to determine different areas of the vehicle they may need to access to. But it also takes up a lot of space in the glove box, uh, to be honest. I mean, those things can get pretty thick. They can. You know, for <laughs> me, I keep a, I have a truck and I keep a tote in the very back. And it's great because I can throw all of that stuff, all of this stuff that I have with me into that tote. And I know it's in there. It's in one space that I have available. You know, maybe put it under the back seat. If you're worried about taking up your glove box, put it under the back seat, but know where it's at. That's the big, big key. All right, number five on the list, jumper cables. Uh, and, and I think more importantly with just not only just having jumper cables, but knowing how to connect them from the donor car to the dead car. Absolutely. Jumper cables are huge. You always want to have a good, solid set of jumper cables that are long enough to get from your vehicle to another vehicle. Again, going back to that owner's manual, knowing where the battery is is also a big thing. Um, but they, they make them pretty easy. You know, when you look at the battery, you've got the red uh post and you've got the black post, you're positive and you're negative. Well, the jumper cables are going to be set up very similar with a black and a red connection. Red goes to red, black goes to black. 
You're going to start off by hooking it up uh, to your dead battery first, pass it over to the, uh, the battery that actually has some power, and then go ahead and fire up that car on the vehicle that has the good battery, and then try to start yours. Give it a little bit of time to get that juice over to that battery, and you'll be surprised at how quickly that can happen. But but would it be better maybe than than carrying jumper cables like that and just leave them leaving them sit there in, in your car for years and years maybe uh, better just to do regular battery maintenance and and make sure that that it's working okay and maybe after three or so years four years just replace the darn thing. Well, preventative maintenance is always the best course of action, but we all get busy in our lives as well. And sometimes things like that slip through the cracks. So yes, preventative maintenance is huge. You want to make sure that you're constantly having your vehicle inspected by a trained professional during your oil changes and your tire rotations, having them check out your battery should be something they're doing for you anyway. But jumper cables are always a big thing. Again, going back to we want to help those that are in need as well. It's always a good thing to be able to help somebody else who might be out there. And I know you're in Colorado. I yep. live in Arizona. The heat and the cold can play havoc on a battery. So having something like this where you can get in there and actually be able to jump your vehicle if you need it, that's a big thing. So never leave home without those. Yeah, and I think diesel owners know that as well because they have to get the uh, the, the plug that comes out of the front of the car for a lot of folks, and then they have to plug it in sometimes if they need, need that uh, glow plug to warm up, especially in the wintertime. Right, exactly. Yep. Uh, all right, number six on the list, the driver's license. Uh, I, I think that's kind of a duh. <laughs> You'd be surprised, but we've all done it. We've all left home and forgot our wallet, forgot our driver's license. That's okay if you're a couple minutes down the road and you can real quick turn around and uh, go back home and grab it. But if you're on a long road trip, having something like your driver's license, making sure you don't leave home without that, having your proof of insurance, your registration for the vehicle, those are all big, big things that you want to make sure that you have with you. Uh, I'm not sure about uh, Arizona, but I know here in Colorado we have on our phones – we have a, uh, a thing, it's called My Colorado app, and I actually have my a digital copy of my driver's license on that app, and it's through the state of Colorado. So, And, and apparently it's supposed to be good enough where I could show it to a law enforcement in case I, I didn't have my physical card with me. Absolutely. And to your point, though, if we are making that long road trip and we're going into different states, you want to make sure that you're abiding by that state's laws as well, because not every state is going to have that digital app option for the driver's license. And so they'll want to see that physical driver's license. It's great that Colorado has that, but not every state has that. So just be aware of that as you start to make your travel plans. Uh, number seven on the list of the things that we need to have in our road trip survival kit, uh, emergency funds. Uh, I, I do think that's a good idea. I have a few dollars in my in my car right now, but maybe nowadays with inflation and all, we, we may we might need to bump that up to like twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Throw a couple extra dollars in that fund. That's always a good thing. So yeah, having those emergency funds are big because I've had the situation where I'm traveling, I go to a different state and my bank flags my card and says, Hey, Chad can't use his card because we think there's suspicious activity. Because he's never been to Kansas before, but now he's using his card there. And they try to protect us in doing that. Well, if I don't, if my card is not working, I'm, I might be out of luck if I go into a gas station to try to gas up. So having cash on hand is always a great thing, especially on those longer road trips. And, and I, I've always used some cash, too, in, in case somebody is helping me uh, as tip money. So, you, hey, thanks for your help, and here's, here's a few bucks. 
hey, that's a great thing to do. I'm sure that person appreciates that. So, well, you know, anytime somebody's helping you out and, you know, you can help them back, that's that's the way I figure it. Uh, Absolutely. Number eight, registration and inspections. I, I would I would think that that would be another one of those duh things to have that you all automatically all should always have in the car. Absolutely. You should never leave home without that. The registration for your vehicle so that you can prove it's yours. Uh, the If your state requires a state inspection, making sure that tag is up to date. And then, of course, your insurance card, too, right? You want to make sure that you have that. Yeah, and that's number 10 on the list, your proof of insurance. Uh, going back to number nine, emergency necessities. Um, and, and you, talk about, you, you talked already about the uh, jumper cables, but what other, other s- sort of emergency necessities should be in this kit? Oh, there's a ton. Probably one of my favorite and easiest ones to make sure that you have and easiest ones to also overlook is just something like water. I mean, if you get stranded someplace and you can't go anywhere, having a a water source is a big thing. I always keep a handful of water bottles in the vehicle with me at all times, just in case something were to happen. Uh, So something like water, I've got a few other things out here. A blanket is a great thing. You're in Colorado. We don't get nearly as cold as you guys do here in Arizona. But if you get stuck in cold weather, that blanket can be a huge benefit for you to, so you can bundle up and stay warm as you're waiting for somebody to help you. Here in Arizona, we use those a lot to kneel on on the pavement during the summer because it gets hot and that pavement is just scorching hot. So we want to make sure we have something to kneel on. Uh, gloves are a good one as well. And then... One that's often overlooked, my daughter says this is not the, uh, the most fashionable <laughs> no. piece of uh, equipment that I have in my, in my vehicle at all times, but a vest. These reflective vests are huge, especially at nighttime. You know, if I were wearing a black shirt and I'm on the road and I get stuck or stranded and people are coming by me, they may not see me as easy, but if I've got these vests, that's a great way for them to make sure that they see me and avoid hitting me, which I always appreciate. And then there's also some triangles and some indicators. These are, these are a big thing. You know, when I was a kid, they were the plastic indicators that you'd set out again, similar to that vest, very reflective to be able to allow people to see you. Now there's other ones where you can actually get battery operated ones. As long as those batteries are good and you check it before you take off, they've got flashlights on them. They've got uh, indicators where you can have a strobe flashing so that everybody can see you and everybody knows where you're at. That's number actually 26 on the list, those safety reflectors, those triangles. But but nobody, uh, honestly, do, do you really think anybody has those in their car and, and would and would use them? I mean, how often are you going to be uh, broken down where you, where you would really need that thing? Well, anytime that you're broken down on the side of the road, this is always a good thing to, to have with you, these reflectors. Because, again, you're hard to see on the side of the road. The more you can make yourself visible, the more safe you are. Now, to your point, a lot of people don't naturally have these just laying around in their vehicle or just hanging out with them. But if you go through and you look at places like Amazon, you go online, you can go to your local auto parts stores, uh, big box stores, things like that. You can get kits like this one here, relatively inexpensive, but this is a lifesaver because it's got a lot of this stuff all in it and it'll even give you a bag to carry it all around. So it's not just rolling around in the back of your car. Yeah. I mean, bag, you're going to need like a scuba diver sized bag to carry all this stuff, aren't you? <laughs> Doesn't that take up some room, right? I mean, look at all this stuff that I, mean, I have. Here a lot of stuff. It is a lot of stuff, but look at all the stuff I have on the table here. All of that fits in this small bag right here. So I could keep it nice and compact. Or like I said, if you have a truck or a larger vehicle, getting a small tote that you can put in the very back is a good thing. Those totes that you get, you can fit a lot in there. So it's just about prepping and making sure that you're going through and putting this stuff all in there. Even for a smaller car, your trunk space, yes, I get that it's valuable, but 
what's more important, having the stuff that can keep you safe on the side of the road or maybe an extra space for an extra iPad? You know, I, I personally, I'm going to look towards this stuff myself. Uh, there were two other things on that emergency necessities list. One, one that I thought was interesting, uh, a multi-tool with a window breaker and a seatbelt cu- cutter. But wouldn't that have to be somewhere close to you if you do get into a wreck and you can't get that seatbelt off and you need to cut it? it? It's not like you can ru- you know, reach over, lean over into the glove box or wherever, or, or the, maybe even the side count, co- console. I mean, where are you going to keep this thing so it can be near you if you need to use it? You know, multi-tools are kind of kind of smaller, right? I keep a pocket knife with me at all times. I do have a multi-tool that I keep in my center console. And then there's also other things that you can keep that are nice and compact. This is just a pen, but on the tip of this pen is actually a glass breaker for you where you can actually use this to punch out a window in the event that you needed to. So they come very compact, put it in your center console, put it in the little console on your door and go through and make sure that you have that easily accessible and available so that you can make sure that you can use it as needed. And, and, you know, another thing I, I thought that wasn't on the list is work gloves. I, I think work gloves, having those in your car would, would help out a ton. That'd be great. Keep your hands nice and clean. Yep. Keep them uh, free from any scratches or anything like that. Again, these kits actually do come with some gloves in them a lot of times. And so these are great gloves that are not really meant to keep your hands warm, but they've got grippers on the inside to make sure that you're holding on to your jack or anything like that. Great little ad- asset to have there available for you. And again, a lot of these kits will come with those gloves so you can use those. My guest is Chad Ogle. He's Universal Universal Technical Institute's National Marketing Manager's Director. And we're talking about uh, the road trip survival kits. All right, number 11 on the list. I think you already mentioned this blanket or towel that can help you uh, avoid that hot pavement. Uh, You already said number 12, water. I I think you should probably change it every month or two because it can go bad even if it's unopened. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Get get fresh water before you leave. Yeah. Stop by, gas up and head inside. Grab a few extra water bottles just to have with you. You're going to use them eventually. So just go ahead and make sure that you're getting that. And number 13 on the list is sunscreen. I have some sunscreen in there and I looked at it the other day because uh, I did not check it every couple of months. I actually didn't check it for about three years and it got a little bit icky. <laughs> yeah. Sunscreen is big. I mean, there's nothing worse than being outside for so long that that sun just bakes on you and you get that really, really bad sunburn. Nobody wants that. So having sunscreen is a great thing to have as well. And sunglasses. Number 14 on the list is sunglasses. I always try to get my wife to do this and she uh, has a really hard time. She just doesn't, she just doesn't like wearing them. Well, they are fashion statement, but also again, when you're out there for long periods of time, having access to sunglasses to make sure that you're kind of protecting those eyes, it, that, that sun glare is a real thing. And if you're not careful, that, that can really kind of start to hurt your eyes, especially if you're out there for long, extended periods of time. Uh, we're halfway through the list now at number 15, uh, umbrella. And, and it's funny that this is on the list because I have one and it's in the side pocket d- there of my of the door, right? Uh, but I never remember it's there. And I always bring the other one, the bigger one, not the little pocket one. And it's it's always right there. I just totally forget about it. <laughs> Yeah, the the umbrella is huge. I mean, if you get caught in a rainstorm, having an umbrella, that's a nice thing. But again, going back to protecting yourself from other elements, having that umbrella so that if the sun is really beating down on you, you have uh, some way to protect yourself. The umbrella can be a great tool for you as well. And and number 16 is sunshade. I I saw one actually on maybe it was on TV or, or on the Internet somewhere, but it looks like an umbrella that you actually put out just like you would an umbrella that covers the entire uh, windshield. 
Yeah, and they're they're great. You know, we we've been talking a little bit about space and how much space some of these things can take up. They make those sunshades that roll into themselves and you can stick right in between that center console and your seat. Or if you got two seats that just butt up against each other, stick right in the middle there. And they take up almost no room whatsoever, but they're great to be able to cover that windshield, keep you out of those elements a little longer. Uh, number 17 on your list is a cooling towel. Um, is that just a towel that you put water on or is it something special? Well, they do make some special cooling towels where, yes, you do get them damp, but they stay really cool for longer periods of time. And those are great, especially like places here in Arizona. We use those all the time, whether you're doing yard work, working on your own vehicle, or just out and about. Having those cooling towels to help keep you cool is a great thing to have. Yeah, but somebody up in Montana or North Dakota probably doesn't really need to invest in one. You know what? Everybody's temperature <laughs> thresholds are different. You never know what people consider hot. I know. That's why I never understood Minnesota. It can get to be 105 and you know, can get then uh, you know, above zero, and then it's 105 below zero all in the same year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, number 18 on the list is a hat. I, I always you know, think, all right, a hat's fine, but it, that would be, have to be if you're broken down and you have to be outside your car for a long period of time, right? Yeah, and that's really what we're talking about today is making sure that you're prepared for those situations. So having a good hat, you know, throw a ball cap in that tote or under your seat just to have it with you. Again, we're not looking for fashion. We're looking for function. We want to make sure to keep that sun off of us as much as possible. Uh, number 19 on your list is snacks. What kind of snacks are we talking about here? Well, everybody's different, right? We all have our preferences. I really prefer to make sure that before I leave, I throw a couple protein bars in there. Protein bars are great because they're a good source of protein for you, which helps to keep you going uh, for longer periods of time. And if you have something along those lines that are easily accessible, that can be a great tool for you, a great thing to have with you should you happen to break down on the side of the road. But you probably like the water should probably change those every couple of months too. You probably can't just leave even a granola bar that you would think that would last years. You probably shouldn't let it go that long. Absolutely. Don't, don't let those just sit, make sure that you're constantly replacing those and just have a couple on hand with you to make sure that before you leave, you've got some, some snacks for you to tide you over in the event that you get stuck on that side of the road. Again, you're fueling up before you leave, head inside, grab some waters, grab some of those protein bars, grab some snacks that you can take with you that you know are going to be there and not go bad on you in a day or so. No, number 20 on the list, and, and it seems almost a little bit like overkill, is is shoes, an extra pair of shoes. Is that for somebody who might like in Arizona, I'm sure, or I know here in Colorado, it doesn't matter if it's 30 degrees outside or if it's 100 degrees outside, everybody's wearing flip-flops. Flip-flops are, are a big thing. Everybody loves them. My wife can't go out the house without a pair of flip-flops on, so we keep an extra pair of shoes for her in the car, and that way, you know, if we are out in the elements and we have to walk a distance, those flip-flops can be a little hard to walk long distances, especially on hot pavement, so shoes are always a good thing to have. I always tell my kids, and, and they, they totally ignore me, but I always say you have to have some kind of foot covering if you're going on a flight. Always have something covering your your feet if you need to get out of that airplane. Absolutely. Uh, number 21 on the list, a smartphone. Who goes anywhere without their smartphone anyway? Yeah, this one seems just intuitive, right? Yeah. I mean, we all can't go anywhere without them. We, we make sure that we keep them with us at all times. So having that smartphone is a great thing. But again, we're trying to prepare for every situation. So again, that's where we get back to the maps and the different things to make sure that you have them just in case you're in a bad area. 
where that cell phone service might not be there. And, and maybe a list of the numbers of if you have AAA, have their maybe phone number in your uh, contacts or uh, and I know like a lot of insurance coverages like uh, I, you know, with my insurance uh, carrier, they give you that tow insurance that that coverage. And I don't think most people know what that phone number is. So maybe it's good to put that in your context too. Yeah. You know, we always get used to having our, our phones with us and having everything digital. You even mentioned having your driver's license as a digital, well, battery goes dead on your phone or you have no service, making sure that you have a paper copy of that. They all will be very willing, your insurance company, AAA, any of those companies will be very willing to give you a hard card that you can slide into your glove box and have it available for you so that you can always access that number no matter what. Number 22 on the list, and it goes along with the smartphone, is a portable charger but is there a risk of having those things in there and having a fire in your car, especially if you leave a battery like that, a, a lithium ion battery in a very hot car like you can have in, in your neck of the woods? Yes. Yeah, so we always tell people to never just leave those in your vehicle. These are one of the things that you want to take with you every time you go on those long road trips. And it's for that reason. These are for the emergency situations. But if you're able to go ahead and charge that up before you leave, charge it up the night before you go, leave it on that charger, make sure it's got a good charge. And that way you have it just in case. And then take it out with you when you're leaving. You know, Make it just one of those things that you throw into a bag or a backpack or something that you're going to take out of the car anyway. Keep it with you. That way it's not sitting in there and uh, getting deteriorated in the hot sun or the cold weather or, to your point, having some catastrophic failure with it. Yeah. Most of them are pretty safe. You don't have to worry about that, but it's always good to err on the side of caution. My guest is Chad Ogle. He's Universal Technical Institute's National Marketing Manager's Director. We're talking about all the things you need in a road trip survival kit. Number 23 on the list of 30 here is rain gear. Uh, I would think that you know you could always just sit in the car if it was raining real bad outside sometimes you may have to walk, yeah. right? Oh, we don't yeah. want to be stranded forever. So keeping a poncho with you, that having that umbrella, those ponchos, again, they're one of those things that fold up real nice. I've got my blanket that I always take with me. That blanket is bigger than what that poncho is when I fold it up. You can get those almost anywhere you buy any sort of outdoor or camping supplies. They're nice because you just throw them right over the top. And if you use it and it rips, guess what? They're nice and cheap. You could throw that away and get a replacement one, no problem. So they are a lot of different places. And, and if you don't have it, the good thing is that uh, God made me waterproof. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, I think we're all waterproof until we get into those downpour situations. And then it's like, man, I wish I had that poncho. <laughs> and then on number 24 on the list is cold weather gear. Something that you guys deal with in Colorado yeah. a lot more than I do, but we do have some cold weather areas. So making sure that if I am going out during that time of year, I always make sure to carry with me a jacket, maybe a, a beanie or something to cover on my head. Give me a little bit more warmth. Again, that blanket comes into play as well because I can wrap up should I get stranded on the side of the road. So those are different things that you want to take into consideration as well. Uh, number 25 is a travel plan. And is it, is it more of a, less of a plan for you to, to, to know where you're going? Cause you already, if you already have your printed map, but is it, is it more of a, all right, I'm going to go hiking and it's probably a good idea to let somebody know where I'm going. So if they don't hear from me, they can send out the cavalry. Absolutely. So it's never a good idea to go on any distance of a road trip without having somebody know where you're headed. If you're going on a road trip, you want to make sure that you let somebody know I'm leaving at nine o'clock. I should be there by one o'clock. Here's the route I'm taking. That way, if you get into a, a bad situation, you can make sure that they know 
the route that you were taking so that they can send people to go look for you or maybe go out and look themselves to see if they can help uh, find you a little bit quicker. Uh, we already talked about number 26 with some of those safety reflectors. So number 27, uh, emergency emergency contact information. And, and we talked a little bit about this, but what other emergency contact? Obviously, it's so funny because whenever uh, I'm filling out a form at the doctor's offices, who to contact in an emergency, and I just put 911. 911 <laughs> is an easy number to remember, but we've gotten all so used to those digital phones and, and the fact that we can just real quick punch a number in or have somebody send us their number super fast. And it's a very convenient way for us to access a lot of people in a short amount of time. However, if you're anything like me, I have a hard time sometimes remembering what was that last number of that phone number for this person. So there's some that I have memorized, but what I always try to do is just keep a list of them in my glove box, have, you know, three, four, five people that you can just reach out to in the event that you get stranded somewhere. Again, those quarters that you talked about using for that air pump, they also work well in payphones if you can find one, or if you get to some gas station or someplace else where you can actually access a phone, whether it be a cell phone or a landline, you can have that those numbers to refer back to and make sure that you're calling the people that you need to reach out to. Uh, number 28 on our list of 30 is a gasoline can. Uh, this one is interesting because it, it, you can get the one gallon or the two gallon, but would you just maybe rather just call AAA or somebody else that can bring you. I mean, honestly, keeping a gas can doesn't seem that practical in your car. Well, keeping a gas can can be a big thing for you though, because if you do run out of gas and you don't have cell service, well, you might need to hoof it for a little bit, walk down the road till you find that service station. And if you do find that service station, you're going to have to have some way to get fuel back to your car. So having a gas can with you that you can at least carry there, maybe you get lucky and get a ride back, but having that gas can that you can carry there, get a couple gallons so you can get down the road to that service station and fill up. That'd be a big thing to have. So keep it empty, but keep it in your car so that you have a way to fill up gas should you run out. And I would think that most of those stations would probably have a gas can either for sale or one that you could borrow and I, I would almost think that it's worth, yes, let's say even if they charge 15 bucks for a one-gallon can, it's probably worth, all right, it's a, it's dumb tax, but I have to pay the 15 bucks. It's better than, than just having one in my car for years and years that I'm never going to use. I travel to a lot of small areas, small towns, little self-service gas stations, and you'd be surprised. Not everyone carries them. It's great if they do. I'm going to err on the side of caution, though. I'm going to make sure that I have one just in case. Now, uh, this one doesn't really apply with EVs, though, right? I mean, w w what other parts of this list do you think would change with driving an electric vehicle compared to a gas-powered vehicle? So you're exactly right. We don't need a gas can if we have an all-electric vehicle, right? Because we're not putting gasoline into that electric vehicle. But for the most part, everything else still translates out there. I don't want to get stranded in an electric vehicle or a gas vehicle, no matter what. So I'm going to have all of these things, regardless of the type of vehicle that I'm driving, to make sure that I'm keeping myself safe should I get in that bad spot. You know, it's funny. I, I saw, so my car is a Chevy Volt, and it's basically an all-electric car all the time. But in the front, it has the is a gasoline generator. So it generates electricity. So it's different than the other hybrids that are a ICE engine with the battery assist to give you a better gas mileage. So it's always electric, but it has the generator. It's funny because I, I, I was just thinking about this as, as we were talking here. That, that I saw a Tesla owner have a little Honda, you know, the red Honda generators, right, in the trunk of his car in case that he ran out of 
electricity that he could just fire up the Honda generator and then plug in his car to that. You know, that's a, that's a smart move. It takes up a lot of room, <laughs> but yes, if you do have the small generators for your electric vehicle, not all electric vehicles will have that. If yours happens to have one, like your Volt, then yeah, having a small gas can is still going to be something you want to keep there in case that particular element of your car does run out of gas. You want to make sure that you have that. Right. But for electric cars, you, you really can't go anywhere. If, if you are out of your electricity, you basically at that point probably just have to have a towed somewhere. Have to have a towed, which means you've got to find a way to get a tow truck there. And again, depending on the area you're in, you may have to walk a little bit in order to get that. So again, keeping yourself safe out of the elements, making sure people know where you are. All of these things still come into play, even with those all electric vehicles. Uh, number 29 on our list of 30 is ratchet straps. Is this another one of those, again, overly prepared for items uh, unless you're regularly moving refrigerators? Yeah, so we're not looking at the ratchet straps to help you move something in this particular situation or even necessarily to tie something down. When we look at these ratchet straps, they are thick, they are heavy, and they've got great hooks on them where you can actually hook this to your vehicle should you end up in a ditch off the side of the road. You know, during this during the winter seasons for you guys there in Colorado, those roads get icy. And if you do end up sliding off the side and there's a good Samaritan that is willing to pull you out, well, they have to have some way to do that. So those ratchet straps are not just used for tying things down. They're also a great way in an emergency situation to potentially get you pulled out. Yeah, I would think that somebody that has the ability or the vehicle, a Jeep or a larger truck like like you said you have, would probably already have that in their vehicle. So maybe I don't necessarily need to carry it in my vehicle. Well, somebody in a Toyota Corolla is not going to be pulling me out of a ditch. <laughs> You're probably right, but I'm going to err on the side of caution. I am never going to assume that somebody is going to have everything that I will need. So I'm going to keep that with me to make sure that I have everything that I need. And, and then finally, number 30 on the list is personal care and personal hygiene items because, dang it, we all have to look and smell good while we're waiting for help. <laughs> well, and I know anybody that might stop on the side of the road would probably greatly appreciate that too, but we just never know how long we could potentially be stranded. So having things like that are a nice way to make sure that you're staying clean. You're keeping any, uh, anything that you need to keep clean, clean. If there's any wounds or anything like that, you're making sure that you have a way to clean that stuff. So again, that, that goes not just to, uh, toothpaste and deodorant, but making sure you have your medical kit as well. A good first aid kit that you can take with you, stay safe, and make sure that you have ways to help yourself out should you need it. But again, this is a lot of stuff. I mean, all that stuff on your table there, it, I, I mean, you're going to need a pretty big bag a, a, to, to fit all of this stuff in there that's going to take up half of your trunk. No, 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 no. You can fit a lot of this stuff. Again, all of this right here is going to fit into this small bag. It's about the size of a large lunchbox. My medical pack, this has a ton of stuff in it. Some stuff that is duplicates like the blanket. I have a solar blanket in this as well. And they come super compact. You put those into a plastic tote. You don't need a giant one to fit all of this stuff. And if you go through and you actually take the time to organize it and pack it properly, be amazed at how much you can fit into a very small container. Uh, is there a level of being too prepared, too much preparedness, if you will? Well, I'm, I'm always the one that would rather be over-prepared than under-prepared. So for me, the answer is no. I'm going to make sure that I take as much stuff as I possibly can with me to make sure that I can handle any situation that might come. 
If uh, we're looking at necessities, things like what we have on the table here, your first aid kit, your water, things along those lines, those are going to be hugely important for you. And again, not all of this stuff has to stay in your vehicle at all times. I'm going to make sure my my kids, my wife, myself, we all have shoes, but we may take those out and we may just put them in as we prepare for a long road trip. Things along those lines that you can have for specific trips that you're taking, you don't have to have them in all the time. How, how many of these things do you have in your car right now? Everything that you see out on this table right here yep. is stuff that I have in my vehicle. Like I said, I have a tote in the back of my truck that houses all of this and I keep it with me all the time. All of this is my personal stuff. So this is all things that I carry with me at all times, regardless. Nice. Uh, and, and I'm sure you can probably get kits like this at maybe your auto parts store or maybe on Amazon, I would suppose. Yeah, online, auto parts, big box stores, they all carry things like this. Don't think that you have to go out there and spend thousands of dollars to do this. These kits are relatively inexpensive and very, very accessible for everybody to go ahead and get. And, and they probably have it all together as one kit rather than having to piecemeal buying all these things individually. Absolutely. Everything with the exception of my first aid kit came in that kit right there. So it's all one. You can pick up a pack and you can keep it with you nice and compact. I, I was thinking about this also as we were talking about electric cars just a second ago. I, I would imagine your automotive department is probably changing the way you teach um, folks how to uh, work on cars because you're doing less of the uh, internal combustion engines and more electric vehicles. And so that has to be really changing how you guys are teaching folks how to work on these vehicles. Absolutely. At UTI, we're constantly changing and adapting to the industry and to everything that we need to make sure that our technicians are prepared for. Uh, every student that goes through the automotive program at UTI, for example, is going to go through an electronics course that includes hybrid technology, and we're going to cover that. I'm standing here in one of our Ford labs here in Arizona. Ford has an additional credential that was added to their program that is specific to hybrid and electric vehicles. And in California, we're actually incorporating EV programs there at our three California campuses. And I anticipate those will start to spread across the country to our other campuses as well as we get further and further into the electric vehicles. Oh, this is all great stuff, uh, uh, Chad. I appreciate your time. If, if somebody wanted to contact uh, you guys or, or you, how, how would somebody do that? Yeah, absolutely. It's really simple. UTI.edu. It's got information on all of our different programs, all of our different campuses. And right on that first page, when you go there, it'll ask to if you want to request information, I'll ask you a couple quick questions and we'll have somebody reach out to you right away. Well, Chad, Chad Ogle, University, Universal Technical Institute's National Marketing Manager's Director. Thanks for uh, playing along, going through the long list with us. And uh, I appreciate all your expertise. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time. I hope everybody has a safe vacation season and hopefully you'll, you'll get some of those things into your car. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, so I, I have, I, I'm one of those risk guys who says, Hey, what, what the hell? Let's just go for it and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, maybe not always the smartest move, but uh, then there's guys like you that'll help me out. There you go. Anytime <laughs> I see you, especially if you're going to tip me, if you're going to tip exactly. me after I help you out, see? we're going to have, we're going to have a lot of fun. There you go. I'll <laughs> just pay you to carry all this stuff in your car. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye. Uh, I, I believe, I believe that. Yeah, I do believe that at some point you could be too prepared and, and have a bag full of too much stuff in your car. A really large bag. I mentioned my, I mentioned that uh, scuba diving bag I have in my garage. 
I, I still have some scuba diving stuff for my brothers, uh, like some fins and snorkels and masks and such. Uh, but, you know, it's like one of the biggest bags I have. I could just imagine that thing is full of all this stuff. Uh, but, but you know, I, I've come to this the, the, the same thinking, as I just told Chad, that when I'm go, you know, going on a trip, that at some point you're just too prepared. I, I've realized that, hey, where I'm going, they have a Walgreens. They, they have Walmart. They have grocery stores. They have clothes stores. <laughs> if I need to buy something, I can. Do I want to buy something? Not necessarily, but I can if I need it. Okay, fine. I, I just give it up. At some point, you just have to give up control and let the day happens as it will happen. And just roll with it. That <laughs> Whether it's going on a trip or going across town or going across the country. You can be somewhat prepared, but at some point... Maybe you don't need all that. Maybe you don't need those triangle reflectors with those flashing lights and all that cool stuff. I, I mean, seriously, it's just, uh, you know, or, or the safety reflective vest. It's just at some point, you know, maybe, maybe not. Uh, maybe as I'm getting older, I'm changing. Um, I, I, you know, I've always envied people who, who can just go out and not worry about consequences. I, I'm not there yet, but I'm working on it. <laughs> and I, and I, I say this every time to my wife when we're packing for stuff. I say, well, if we, if I forget it, well, I'll go buy it. That's just kind of where we are right now. As long as you have your ID and, and your phone, you're pretty much you're pretty much good. Uh, well, anyway, thanks for being here. If you have any comments or, or questions about this, you can always uh, uh, shoot me uh, an email or a, or a Twitter or a X or whatever it is, uh, or, or leave leave a leave a comment on the listener hotline at 303-832-0217. Thanks again for being here. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the Traffic Guy. Be safe and as always. Happy motoring. Thank you.